like Arlena said, it's a constant evolving process. And I know that I probably will never be perfect at it. But as long as I'm starting to set those boundaries, I can really feel the improvement that it's making. Hi, everyone, and welcome. We are here today with our very first actual episode, not including our intro episode, where we kind of explained what all this was going to be about, but we're talking about real stuff in our business today. Uh, We are talking about boundaries. But before we do that, at the beginning of every episode, we are going to kind of chat and catch up because... Before doing all this podcast stuff, Arlena and I were friends and we talked about all this stuff and now we're podcast, podcast, podcast. We can't really spend as much time catching up. So we're just going to do it recorded. And we mentioned it in yesterday's introduction episode, but we'll mention it again because we both love to get on tangents. And so these intro chats are probably going to feel a bit random, but we hope that it just helps keep things casual around here and helps you realize that we are your internet friends and we are excited to talk about random shit. My dog, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you already can picture Tracer in your head. Um, But he uh, loves to wait until we hit the record button to come into my office and make some noise. And right when we hit record, before we started this intro, he came in with an octopus toy that I just bought for him yesterday. And I started to tell Mariah about the backstory. And I was like, I guess we should save this for the intro, shouldn't we? And so I thought I would spend a minute talking about this octopus that I bought at Petco yesterday, not a sponsor. (laughs) I was inspired by a TikTok I saw recently of a golden retriever who was carrying an octopus toy and Tracer has a monkey toy that he absolutely loves and it has like these long weird limbs. And so I thought, oh my gosh, he is going to love an octopus. So uh, I was running some errands yesterday and I went by the pet store and I was like, I've got to stop and see if they have an octopus. And they did. And in the brand of toys that actually lasts for him, because that is a problem. He is a Labrador for those of you who have not seen him yet. And so he loves to chew on his toys and rip them apart. And so having like a good sturdy toy is great. And so this octopus at the bottom, the tentacles can be pulled like back and forth. So he keeps like yanking on the tentacles. And then there's just like one inch of a tentacle on the other side. And then all of it's hanging out on the other side. And he just looks so goofy carrying it around in his mouth, but he brought it in as soon as we hit record, because what better um, to bring to your mother than a squeaky toy when she is recording a podcast. (laughs) Every time we start recording, I hear the little tippy taps behind you of his nails on the on the hardwood floor. And it's so cute. I mean, I love to see him. (laughs) So I'm okay with it, but he likes to make noise. So we're like, we're trying to avoid the background noise, but eh, what can you do? Maybe we'll, maybe you'll hear him eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we'll start leaving him in if that's something you guys want to hear um, or his tail just whacking very aggressively on my office chair or my desk. Uh, I feel like I've never actually heard him bark though. Does he like bark? a lot because yeah I mean, that's a good point he really only barks when provoked and by provoked I mean like somebody rings the doorbell or he hears some, like a car door close in the in the driveway um but yeah other than that he really he really doesn't bark yeah I mean when we uh were first recording like months ago and I was still at my parents house we have a dog her name is Maisie she's very cute and I miss her very much now that I'm living on my own or well with my boyfriend but away from her um and she is 
a serious barker and we're one floor apart, but you could still hear her just like going at it. Cause every time there was a FedEx man, a, like any sort of package delivery person, whether it's like six houses down or like right in front of our house, she barks the same amount of energy. So she's loud and annoying, but I don't have a dog currently here at my house. So you don't have to worry about that too much. Uh, at least not yet. I told John that I want a dog by fall. Like no question, like it has to be by fall. If we don't have a dog by fall and I'm just going to go to the Humane Society and pick one out and surprise him. And he was like, okay, I feel like that sounds fair. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait for Imperfect Company Podcast to add a new furry member to our team. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm so excited. I feel like lonely here without a dog. And that's all I want is just like a pup to hang around. We could talk about dogs for literally forever. Both of us, we always send each other TikToks back and forth of dogs. It's literally probably the only reason both of us are on there. But <laughs> um, enough about that. My excitement for this week is that I went and got my hair cut yesterday for the first time in I don't even know how long it's been a long time my hair was so long and like all I needed was a haircut like I was like desperate for one it's like summer and hot now I was like like I hate having super long hair and so I was finally like oh I'm gonna get my hair cut it was so nice like I have a another small business friend who I literally met like through Instagram and through the wedding industry who does hair and um, she's very sweet. Uh, her name is Shauna. Uh, she owns Hair by Shauna Heiler. Uh, and that's in the Milwaukee area if you happen to be from here. But she does fantastic work. She made me feel like a totally different person. So I love it. But I'm feeling like awesome today. And I'm like, I've recurled my hair this morning. Like maybe I'll do something special today. And that something special is going to be going to the grocery store. I think <laughs> it's called self-care. And sometimes you just have to get ready to go to the grocery store. I know mine <laughs> recently is, um, you inspired me to do my nails. So I did my nails for the wedding and I did the like dip powder for the first time. And so I decided I would get them redone and do it again just to see, because I never keep my nails painted because they just chip and it's too much upkeep and I'm so lazy and I'm not really big into fake nails personally because I do a lot of things with my hands. And so I had had pretty substantial conversations between Mariah and I about like the glue on nails that you can just get from Walmart or wherever. You guys should see our text messages. They're like, they range from like the most serious of business topics all the way down to like, yeah, like oh my God, I got these fake nails and I love them. Like you should try them or whatever. It's really uh, an interesting dynamic in our text messages. It is. It is. We should start putting screenshots on our Instagram story of like the highlights where we go from one topic to like a complete 180 (laughs) to another one. That's going to be really telling of our relationship and how this podcast (laughs) is going to (laughs) go. Anyway, I figured out that I just feel like I have my life together when I have my nails done. So I decided to go bold and paint them. (laughs) hi tracer (laughs) oh my gosh i'm not editing this out (laughs) yeah no please don't this is like so perfect we were just talking about tracer being 
like coming in at the best moments. It's like, as soon as there's like a little bit of silence, he's like, tip tap, tip tap, I'm going to come in and see my mom. (laughs) I think what I was saying was that I just feel like I have my life together when I have my nails done. So I normally am like a neutral girl with my nails. And I decided to do a like brighter, more dramatic pink, like a pink red type situation. And I just wake up in the morning and feel like, I know what I'm doing, even though I have no idea what I'm doing most days. Um, So yeah, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're thinking, why do I wake up in the morning and feel like I don't have my life together? Uh, Girl, me too. But also consider getting your nails done because (laughs) I don't ever get a manicure and I really am feeling myself lately. Mm -hmm. See, we've had so many conversations about this too. Like, can you write off nail, like getting your nails done? If like all of your videos are showing your hands and things like that, I still haven't asked my accountant, but absolutely. Absolutely. If you're an accountant listening to this episode, feel free to DM us on Instagram. We would love to get varying opinions based on the state or country in which you are from that we can share on our story (laughs) or on our next episode. Mm -hmm. I hope someone actually does (laughs) because I really do want to know that. Well, I feel like this is a perfect place to get into today's topic. Uh, We're talking about boundaries. And since Arlena was just brought up self-care, like getting your nails done, all of the things that we were talking about, basically, even dogs are relating to self-care in some way. They're like emotional support animals, but they all relate back to the topic of the day, which is boundaries. So let's get into it. Something that we both have struggled with, and I know we talk about this all the time, and I am so excited that we're doing an episode about this, is how hard it can be to set boundaries when you're a business owner. And honestly, just in general, boundaries can be really hard for some people, and we are some of those people. And so in this episode, that's what we're going to be focusing on. We want to give a disclaimer up front that this episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice or mental health treatment of any kind. We cannot emphasize enough that you should seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your personal mental health struggles. All we're doing is sharing our own experiences and struggles because we think it's important to do so. Y'all know how I am about my definitions, and so I want to start by defining boundaries. And essentially, a boundary just shows where one thing ends and another begins. There are so many different types of boundaries that you could have, physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, mental boundaries, sexual boundaries. But today in this episode, we're going to be talking about specifically more of the physical, emotional, and mental boundaries that come along with owning a business and also working from home in any capacity. Even though some of the examples we're going to give talk about boundaries in relation to other people, whether our loved ones or our customers, we think it's really important for us to mention that boundaries are really all about your relationship with yourself. Healthy boundaries are truly a form of self-care. They help you honor your needs, your goals, your feelings, and your values. In general, poor boundaries lead to resentment, anger, and burnout. And those are all things that we want to try to avoid. And setting healthy boundaries is one of the ways to do that. But when we're talking about setting boundaries, you also have to consider your priorities. And this will be something we'll mention throughout this episode. For me, boundaries are a huge issue in my everyday life and in my business life. So much so that probably half of what I talk to my therapist about is boundaries. Because when it comes to my boundaries, if I don't 
don't have clear ones set, my anxiety is so high. Like I have high anxiety to begin with. I It gets pretty bad sometimes, I'm not going to lie. But since working with my therapist over the last six to eight months or so, we've started implementing things in my life or trying to implement things where I'm setting clearer boundaries and I've noticed a huge improvement in my mental health since working on those boundaries. And I am not perfect by any means. I am continuously working on these boundaries. I still have times when I email someone back at 1 a.m. And that is not okay for me because that's against my boundaries. But you don't have to be perfect for it to start working for you. The biggest thing is that having time to rest and relax from all major responsibilities aka your business, is so necessary. And my therapist always tells me, she always says, is there any email that could come in and is really so life or death that you need to see it right away? Or can it wait until the next day? And my answer is always, of course not. There's nothing that I could get in my email that is really so important that I need to respond right now. So that means I can set those boundaries at night. So then I do not Look at my email because nothing is so important that I need to be taking away from my rest and relaxation time. I relate so hard to checking emails in the middle of the night. And I feel like for me, the first issue is that that is a tough boundary for me to enforce. The second issue is that part of the reason that that is a tough boundary for me to enforce is the stupid freaking red bubbles, the notifications on my iPhone. I mean, I cannot just let them be. One of the biggest tips that helped me that is also arguably one of the most simple was turning off my notifications on my iPhone for certain emails after business hours. Because I have that problem where when I see the red dot, I want to check the notification because I want the red dot to go away. And the other part of that for me was having to decide how I want to consume new information. And I don't necessarily want to be consuming new information when I'm laying in bed at 11 p.m. So I had to make these decisions to help me enforce that. And I will say that I feel like I still really struggle with this, but it has helped so much because it's a way that I can hold myself accountable. As long as I've turned off the notifications, they're not going to magically show up again, right? So unless I go in and I actually like refresh the email page, they're not going to pop up. I definitely have a real issue with the red bubbles. I tried turning them off for a little bit, but I ended up, even when they were off, I would mindlessly click on my email app on my phone and just continuously like, you know, push up to see if there was any new emails. It's the and- freaking muscle memory, man. Oh, it's so bad. I've tried so hard. And that's why it's like I even put my phone, I put my phone on do not disturb at least from like 10 p.m. on and I still go into my phone and see the things. It's like if I could just leave it, then that would be great. But for some reason, I just constantly pick it up. Oh, it's so hard. And as you can hear, I mean, we both are still struggling with this and it's kind of a constant evolving process. And so that's kind of the other thing to keep in mind as we continue throughout this episode is the importance of showing yourself grace. So if you pick up your phone and out of habit, you start refreshing your email, it doesn't mean that you give up on setting that boundary. It just means that you start over and you try again. And you keep doing that. And then eventually you'll create a new habit. Okay. So the big question you're probably wondering is how do I set these boundaries and how do I enforce them? The first thing you want to do is you really want to set clear expectations for yourself and for your business. For me, I have to write them down. 
Otherwise, I forget them or I just don't enforce them. And my therapist obviously keeps me in check because she'll ask me like, how how are you doing this week with your boundaries? And like, I try to write things down so that I remember because my memory is not so good, to be honest. But setting those clear expectations is so important. And it can be whatever you feel like you need in order to maintain your mental and physical and emotional health. One of those examples is business hours. Now, I am definitely guilty of not setting clear business hours from the very beginning. Now, I try really, really hard to set the business hours. I think my business hours are like nine to five, like a normal job. Even though I'm working past them sometimes, that's when the bulk of client communication should happen, even though, I mean, we all kind of, you know, we'll send an email late at night or, you know, I'll send an email while I'm sitting with John my boyfriend, he uh, he always makes fun of me because he's like, oh, an email. It must be really important. And I'm like, mm, it's not. But I just wanted to send this email real quick. And he's like, OK, put it down. He helps. He helps me with that. I try my best to stick within those business hours. I put them in my like client welcome packet. And I have gotten so much better since even the beginning of the year at trying to work within those business hours and trying to respond to people only during those business hours. Like Arlena said, it's a constant evolving process. And I know that I probably will never be perfect at it. But as long as I'm starting to set those boundaries, I can really feel the improvement that it's making. And so like I said before, the reason why I put my business hours directly in my client welcome packet, it's on like the second or third page, so it's definitely visible for them, is because I want to create realistic expectations with my clients right away, off the bat. Because if I am, for example, emailing them back at 11 o'clock at night, then they think that that's a normal thing for me to do and might get upset if I don't respond in a day or so. Like it can really mess with the client experience and the client experience is something that I've been really working at and trying to be consistent with, not only for my mental health, but also for my clients so then they know what they can expect from me from the very beginning. I'm going to get vulnerable for a minute and talk about the scarcity mindset as an entrepreneur and something that I think I struggled with, especially in the beginning of my business. And I want to talk about it just briefly because I think that a lot of new entrepreneurs that I've talked to have had very similar experiences and feelings. And so this is one of the things that I feel like I've set boundaries with that I have completely overcome for the most part. When I was thinking of boundary examples for this episode, this was one of the boundaries that I felt like I really had have done a great job at overcoming. So hopefully this will help some of you. With a scarcity mindset, you kind of just believe that everything is limited, like time, money, and resources. So you worry a lot about the future because you carry a belief that you won't have enough. So you focus on like what could go wrong. And a lot of your decisions are kind of rooted and based in fear of some nature. Now, obviously that sounds kind of general. The point is that when you have that type of mindset, regardless of where in your life you might feel that way. It really breeds, at least for me, it bred a critical inner voice. And honestly, it was something that made me resent myself as a business owner. I defined a scarcity mindset pretty generally, but 
the way I struggled with it specifically in my business was with was with custom commissions. The scarcity part really showed up for me when I was drafting pricing for those custom commissions. When I was first starting out and before I ever had a pricing formula and before I ever really understood how to do market research and how to really figure out the value of my time. I was always so stressed out when I was doing pricing by feeling like, okay, well, what if I'm too high and they don't want to buy for me? And then what if this is the only person who reaches out this month for a custom commission and they don't buy for me? So I always felt stressed out about the pricing and it led to a lot of self-doubt about my pricing, which is why I feel so strongly about the importance of a pricing formula, because then you're not trying to estimate a number. And it takes a lot of experimenting, which I think is part of what helped me feel more confident about this as I moved forward. And I'm so thankful because I truly have had the best customers and the best clients. And I've worked with some amazing companies, but the scarcity mindset with my pricing led me to resent myself because I would end up putting so much into a project, into a custom piece of work. And I knew I was undervaluing my time. And again, I think the pricing struggle is something that is very normal. It's super normal to feel stressed out about your pricing, to feel like you need to experiment and for it to be a source of frustration. And sometimes you might even feel like a failure, whether you pitch something and the client decides not to work with you. I mean, I think it really does take time and confidence to get used to either you saying no or your client saying no. But the best reminder that I can give you all is that failure isn't in the way, right? Failure is how you learn. And I guess the opposite of a scarcity mindset would be the abundance mindset. And I'm not going to go too deep into that because while I think it's really important, I don't think that for me, the situation was black and white. I think it came with, I think really becoming more secure in myself and my pricing and my work and my worth helped me completely change my mindset around the issue. I definitely have the same issue because for example, like I changed my branding pricing and there's always something in the back of your mind that's like, okay, I'm going to increase my pricing now and then I'm going to get no clients. I'm already at the max. I shouldn't go up anymore. Even though I felt the need to go up, I was like, there's no way I'm getting any more clients. No one's going no to sign on with me, especially for six months from now when I just raised my pricing. But I still had signups. I'm still booked out. I still feel comfortable saying no and limiting myself per month because otherwise I'm going to be way overworked <laughs> and I just cannot have that, especially for my mental health. My months are going to be so crazy that I'm not going to have any time for myself. And that is something that I desperately need. That's the boundary that I desperately need. But you need to be able to enforce those boundaries. So you can't be afraid of being assertive when someone is trying to step over those boundaries, you're just reaffirming them and standing up for yourself. And like one of our favorite podcasts, My Favorite Murder says, fuck politeness. Because your mental health is so important and you really need to be an advocate for yourself first. Other than struggling with setting boundaries around email, I think both of us struggled just as much with setting boundaries on social media. And I feel like there are so many blurred lines because as millennials, sometimes we tend to like aimlessly just scroll on our social media. Maybe we're scrolling through TikTok videos or Instagram reels, whatever it is, even if there's like no point, right? We're just filling our time. We're like distracting our brain. Personally, for me, it gets difficult to remind myself that there is a fine line between 
scrolling through Instagram and working on Instagram for my business. The reason why that I think there's such a fine line is because I love getting on Instagram at the end of the day and scrolling through posts and interacting with my friends and responding to comments and seeing everybody's stories for the day. And I wouldn't really count that as working for my business because a lot of those are personal relationships that I've developed through my business. However, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, then I see the red bubble on my DMs and then I might want to respond to that DM or a potential customer responded to my story with questions about my product or a service that I offer. And it can be hard to remember that DMs function very similar to emails although they shouldn't. So most business owners will tell you, like if you have questions about your order or about a product, like the best way to contact them is via email. And it's because DMs get lost and they get flooded and it's just so much better to email business owners, but that doesn't stop people from DMing. And so that's been something that I really struggle with is laying in bed at 11 PM and answering these DMs that really are similar to work emails. It can be easy for me to get like social media burnout because you probably have personal social media and you have business social media and you're on multiple social media platforms. And so if I'm not intentional in the way that I unplug from those, it ends up resulting in me going like a week without posting on Instagram for my business because I burnt myself out on it. Again, this is something that I feel like I've gotten a lot better with over time and like trying to be more intentional about planning my content and planning what I want to post. But what about you, Mariah? I mean, how do you feel about social media and... I mean, do you unplug? Do you set boundaries? Kind of like, what do you do in your business? Um, I wish I could tell you that I completely unplug a certain percentage of my day. But unfortunately, social media is very addictive. (laughs) It is so interesting to watch. Like, I am in love with TikTok. Like, I watch so many dog videos and funny videos. And even some of them are like sweet and happy and make me cry or whatever. But you can get through, like you'll just be scrolling and then lose a couple hours. And that is just insane to me. My therapist that I talked about at the beginning, she actually recommended that I watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix, which is basically all about the creators behind your favorite social media sites and basically telling you why they are basically evil. (laughs) And they have all this AI that works behind to know exactly what you want, what you want to see, and makes it so then it is completely addictive. And with that, I it was an eye-opener for me. I knew for the most part that social media was addictive. I was addicted to it. I was constantly on it. But I find myself putting my phone down a lot more and not mindlessly scrolling and being really intentional about what I do interact with. But yeah, I definitely have been trying more to put my phone down, leave it there, especially when I'm with friends or, well, really only John because of COVID. I can't really see all my friends. But when I'm with John, I do try to put my phone down and leave it for a while, even though every once in a while I'll pick it up and mindlessly scroll and not even realize it, which is silly. But it's just that part of that addiction to social media that it's just like your muscle movements. You're just so used to doing it that when you try to avoid it for a little bit, you go back into that same routine. I've been trying to avoid it. It's really difficult. And we know that it's super hard to do that. But 
it's also very important to try to set that boundary. And if social media is one of those things that you have an issue with and you spend way too much time and you've noticed that, then just add little changes to your day and really work on building up your, your almost your tolerance to not being on social media. It's funny that you bring up the social dilemma on Netflix because I've mentioned it in previous episodes that I majored in marketing in college. And when I got my MBA, I concentrated my studies in marketing. And so a lot of the like science behind the social dilemma and ads and website cookies and how ads are targeted were things that I already knew. But the social dilemma did such an amazing job at making it so much more human and relatable for people who don't have that type of knowledge. I think we could talk about the social dilemma and the science behind it and go even more into depth with our personal struggles with social media and talk about all of it for another hour, probably. So what do y'all think? Do you think that we should do an entire episode on social media boundaries and talking a little bit more about specifics that the social dilemma brings up? Because I think I can speak for both of us when I say that that would be something we would love to talk about. So email us, comment on social media, oops, and let us know if that's something that you would want to hear more about. At least right now, while we're recording this, there's a lot of people working from home and people who own their own business. It's really hard, and we admit that, to set those boundaries when you are constantly at home and you don't really get a change of pace at all. I have a hard time with that because everything that I need is right in one space. And so my office, for example, is right there. I can just go and start working whenever I need to because it's right there and there isn't that much boundary between my workspace and my personal space. And that can be a real issue and something that you have to combat when you own a business or when you are just working from home. For example, my boundaries right now, this is being recorded before John and I move in together. My boundaries are a little bit different than how they're going to be with John because I'm by myself. So I don't have to have such hard boundaries when it comes to what times a day I am working and what times a day I am unplugging and spending time by myself. What's the same is that the time that I might be spending with John when we move in together right now, I should be working on those boundaries because I need to spend time with myself too. Like that's part of my mental health and spending time and scheduling that time for myself is so important. And if I didn't have that, I, I think my anxiety would go off the roof. When we talk about working from home, especially in any capacity, it's important to remember that it can be helpful to think of your boundaries as like a sliding scale. It can be helpful to determine which of your boundaries are hard boundaries and which of your boundaries are soft boundaries. A hard boundary is always enforced. There are no exceptions to that boundary. Whereas a soft boundary is something that's determined by situations. So Unlike a hard boundary, a soft boundary isn't always enforced. Another way to define the two might be that a hard boundary is more black and white and a soft boundary is more of just a gray area. One of the best examples I've ever read online of 
hard versus soft boundaries has nothing to do with working from home, but I think that it can serve as a really good comparison tool as you start to think about your own boundaries. This example is from a blog post from kcresolve.com. I always want to credit the author, and this was written by Dariah Wixon, who is a counseling intern. And as I was Googling for this episode, I stumbled upon this webpage and I thought it was absolutely perfect. In this example, a hard boundary would be to not drink and drive. No matter the circumstances, you don't cross the boundary of driving under the influence because it risks your safety as well as the safety of others. And it's also illegal. And going along with a similar example, a soft boundary could be that you don't normally allow anybody to drive your vehicle. However, in the event of you being intoxicated, you would allow your sober friend to drive the car for you. In this circumstance, you cross your boundary of not letting others drive your car to avoid driving under the influence, which is a hard boundary. Again, I thought this comparison was a really great tool as I started to consider my own hard and soft boundaries as it pertains to working from home. To round out the episode, I found a really great graphic that unfortunately I can't find the author of it, but we will link it in the description. And it's just a list of affirmations to not only set your boundaries, but also enforce them. The graphic says, what do boundaries feel like? It is not my job to fix others. It is okay if others get angry. It is okay to say no. It is not my job to take responsibility for others. I do not have to anticipate the needs of others. It is my job to make me happy. Nobody has to agree with me. I have a right to my own feelings. I am enough. And I think that really encapsulates what we wanted to come across in this episode. And we hope that you got something from it. I think after recording this episode, we both have some boundaries that we need to reassess ourselves and really work on enforcing in our own lives. And we're going to go do that. So we hope you have a great weekend and we will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Imperfect Company podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Imperfect Company or like us on Facebook at Imperfect Company Podcast. If you want to follow Mariah, she is at MJ Creative Co. And I am at Bossy Brushstrokes. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit our website, imperfectcompanypodcast.com forward slash episode two to have a direct link to take you to this week's show notes. Our theme song is Clocks by Brasco. And as a reminder, we will be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. 